0: Hey guys, welcome to the Bitcoin Fortress podcast, helping you increase your financial freedom. This is episode 88, recorded here on October 29th, 2023. This podcast is for entertainment only, not investing advice. Please do your own homework. Uh, We'll start with the market update, go through the week's Bitcoin news, there's quite a bit and then we'll finish off with uh, featuring this week's blog post which is kind of a first for me it was more of a technical thing which i'm not very good at uh, but i tried to simplify so we'll talk more about that at the end jumping right in with the market update The S&P 500 retreated 2.53% for the week to close at 4,117.37 points, posting losses in four out of five sessions. The Benchmark gauge's slide pushed it into correction territory with Friday's closing price marking a more than 10% drop from the S&P's 52-week closing high of 4,588.96 points, notched on July 31st. That comes just two days after the NASDAQ composite also entered correction territory. The main driver of Wall Street's retreat this week was a slide in mega cap technology stocks. 10 of the 11 S&P sectors ended in the red. Defensive name utilities was the only gainer. The losers were led by outsized declines of more than 6% and 5% in energy and communication services, respectively. Technology shed nearly... Two percent. Looking ahead, investors have a busy week ahead with the Federal Reserve set to meet on Wednesday. The Fed is widely expected to leave the target federal funds rate unchanged at 5.25 to 5.5%. Um, and some analysts have said that current economic data doesn't support the case for maintaining rates, uh, adding that the S&P 500 index could negatively respond to the pause if the 10-year yields spike above 5%. Uh, Meanwhile, investing group leader Shareholders Unite detailed why the thesis of immaculate disinflation holds, but flagged the risks of the Fed over-tightening and surging bond yields. Markets will also closely watch the employment numbers due next week, the ADP jobs report, the JOLTS report, non-farm payrolls data, and the Challenger job cuts report for further clues on how the economy is progressing. All right. Uh, So first, here's from Cointelegraph. Uh, This is uh, titled... This is the top stories of the week, Hodler's Digest, October 22nd to 28th. Uh, I'm going to do two of these because they're just two nice summaries of somewhat different articles across a broad spectrum. Uh, So this one is from, again, from Cointelegraph. First one here, Sam Bankman-Fried takes the stand on FTX's collapse. Sam SBF Bankman-Fried testified this week in his ongoing criminal trial in the Southern District of New York, denying any wrongdoing between FTX and Alameda research while acknowledging making big mistakes during the company's explosive growth. Highlights of his testimony include denying directing his inner circle to make significant political donations in 2021, as well as claims that FTX's terms of use covered transactions between Alameda and the crypto exchange. Uh, Additionally, bankman fried testified that he requested additional hedging strategies for Alameda in 2021 and 2022, but they were never implemented. The trial is expected to conclude within the next few days. So it's turned into the game of finger pointing. Buy Bitcoin search queries on Google search 826% in the UK. Google searches for buy Bitcoin have surged worldwide amid a major crypto rally, with searches in the United Kingdom growing by more than 800% in the last week. According to research from CryptoGambling.tv, the search term buy Bitcoin spiked a staggering 826% in the UK over the course of seven days. In the United States, data from Google Trends shows that searches for should I buy Bitcoin now increased by more than 250%. uh, While more niche searches, including can I buy Bitcoin on Fidelity, increased by over 3,100% in the last week. Zooming out further, the search term, is it a good time to buy Bitcoin, saw 110% gain worldwide over the last week. U.S. court issues mandate for grayscale ruling paving way for SEC to review spot Bitcoin ETF. The United States Court of Appeals has issued a mandate following a decision requiring grayscale investments application for a spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund to be reviewed by the Securities and Exchange Commission. In an October 23rd filing, the formal mandate of the court took effect paving the way for the SEC to review its decision on grayscale spot Bitcoin ETF. The mandate followed the court's initial ruling on August 29th and the SEC's failure to present an appeal by October 13th. To date, the SEC has yet to approve a single-spot crypto ETF for listing on the U.S. exchanges, but has given the green light to investment vehicles linked to Bitcoin and Ether futures. Coinbase disputes SEC's crypto authority in final bid to toss regulator suit. The U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission overstepped its authority when it classified Coinbase listed cryptocurrencies as securities, the exchanges argued in its final bid to dismiss a lawsuit by the securities regulator. In an October 24th filing in a New York district court, Coinbase chastised the SEC claiming its definition for what qualifies as a security was too wide and contested that the cryptocurrencies the exchange lists are not under the regulator's purview. The SEC sued Coinbase on June 6, claiming the exchange violated U.S. securities laws by listing several tokens it considers securities and not registering with the regulator. Gemini sues Genesis over GBTC shares used as earned collateral, now worth $1.6 billion. Cryptocurrency exchange Gemini filed a lawsuit against bankrupt crypto lender Genesis on October 27th. At issue is the fate of 62,086,586 shares of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. They were used as collateral to secure loans made by 232,000 Gemini users to Genesis through the Gemini Earn program. That collateral is currently worth close to $1.6 billion. According to the suit, Gemini has received $284.3 million from foreclosing on the collateral for the benefit of Earn users. But Genesis has disputed the action preventing Gemini from distributing the proceeds. Genesis filed for bankruptcy in January. It had suspended withdrawals in November 2022, which impacted the Gemini Earn program. and moving on to the next article uh, this one is from bitcoin.com and this is also we can review first first up bitcoin soars as blackrock moves closer to launching spot bitcoin etf blackrock is moving forward with the process of bringing its spot bitcoin exchange traded fund etf to market the world's largest asset manager has secured a ticker symbol and a cusip number for its forthcoming spot Bitcoin ETF, which is now listed on the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, or DTCC, the entity responsible for clearing NASDAQ trades. Additionally, BlackRock spot Bitcoin ETF filing signals the firm's intention to buy Bitcoin to seed its upcoming ETF this month. Here's some hopium. Skybridge boss Scaramucci predicts Bitcoin's value could multiply 11-fold with BlackRock's ETF approval. Anthony Scaramucci, founder of Skybridge Capital, believes that if the United States Securities and Exchange Commission approves BlackRock's spot Bitcoin exchange-traded fund, the value of Bitcoin could surge significantly. Scaramucci also discussed Sam Bankman-Fried, the former head of FTX, and Gary Gensler, the current chair of the SEC. And if you want to read these articles, I won't go into, there's a couple of these, I will go into more detail later, but if you want to read these, there's links in the um, actual article, which I'll include links to the articles in the show notes, as always, if you want to dive a little deeper. Tesla CEO Elon Musk calls for comprehensive deregulation after predicting SEC overhaul um billionaire elon musk the ceo of tesla and spacex has underscored the need for comprehensive deregulation he made this call in response to several actions by the u.s securities and exchange commission that he believes are severely constraining our civilization this comes after his prediction of a comprehensive overhaul of the sec with 100 percent probability hmm. well they certainly seem to be breaking the law based upon uh their recent uh court rulings that they've been receiving uh but we'll see robert kiyosaki shares his investment strategy says he's not trying to be warren buffett rich dad poor dad author robert kiyosaki has revealed his investment strategy emphasizing its divergence from the investment approach adopted by berkshire hathaway ceo warren buffett I'm an average investor accumulating the asset I want for the long term. I've been accumulating gold, silver, Bitcoin, and real estate for years, the famous author detailed. Okay, moving into more Bitcoin news. Uh, This was kind of an interesting article. This was posted on the Cato Institute on October 27th. The article is entitled, Senator Warren Targets Crypto with Questionable Data Again. Shortly after the violence erupted in Israel on October 7th, an article in the Wall Street Journal pinned part of the blame for terrorist financing on cryptocurrency. That was all that was needed for Senator Elizabeth Warren to get over 100 members of Congress to sign a letter calling for a crackdown on cryptocurrency in the wake of this tragedy. Yet it now seems the initial reporting was exaggerated as the Wall Street Journal issued a correction on October 27th to address some of the issues more on that in the next article however this incident is not the first time one of senator warren's anti-cryptocurrency letters has been based on questionable data originally the wall street journal piece in question said that the palestinian islamic jihad received as much as 93 million dollars in crypto between august 2021 and june this year and that hamas received about 41 million dollars over a similar time period The piece credited the estimates to the company's elliptic and bit OK, but no reports from the companies were linked. A week later, over 100 members of Congress signed a letter led by Senator Warren that cited the Wall Street Journal's reporting nearly a dozen times as the only source to claim that the Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hamas collectively raised over $130 million in cryptocurrency. A day later, Chainalysis published their findings to correct the record. Simply put, Chainalysis warned that the number of reported in the Wall Street Journal article was likely wrong because the difference between the total transaction volume at a service provider, for example an exchange, and transactions at a known terror-affiliated wallet can be vast. In the example chain analysis provided, one service provider was identified as having 82 million in total transactions, but only 450,000 of that amount went to a known terror-affiliated wallet. Turning back to the source for one of the figures in the Wall Street Journal piece, this type of issue is likely why Elliptic cautioned readers that, quote, it is not clear exactly how much of these funds belong directly to the Palestinian Islamic Jihad, a warning the Wall Street Journal article left out. Another week later, Elliptic published its own correction stating there is no evidence to suggest that crypto fundraising has raised anything close to the amount cited in the Wall Street Journal, and data provided by Elliptic and others has been misinterpreted. In fact, Elliptic said that its team pointed out to both Senator Warren and the Wall Street Journal to clarify this point. To be fair, mistakes happen, especially in the fog of war, and that is why it is good to see the Wall Street Journal issued a correction on October 27th. However, what is especially unfortunate about this incident is how similar it is to another time Senator Warren wrote a letter about supposed illicit use of cryptocurrency. Back in August, Senator Warren led a different group of senators in a letter calling for the Internal Revenue Service to act swiftly to implement strong tax reporting rules for cryptocurrency brokers to close a $50 billion crypto tax gap. The press release accompanying the letter claimed that multiple studies, in quotes, substantiated this number, but a closer look reveals the sources were just two 2022 articles from CNBC and Bloomberg that pointed to the same research note from Barclays. Although it's unclear if this research note is publicly available, both articles cite Joseph Abate, a managing director of Barclays, as having said that unpaid taxes on cryptocurrency may be as much as $50 billion per year. CNBC quoted him further as having said, without any supporting IRS data, our sense is that the $50 billion estimate for the crypto tax gap is probably too small. And in Bloomberg, it was clarified that Abate had extrapolated from a 2017 IRS calculation to find the current tax gap would be around $50 billion per year because the U.S. tax agency hasn't released any recent estimate of its own. If nothing else, judging an emergency, emerging industry in 2023 off IRS data from 2017 should be a red flag. However, what's perhaps more concerning is that the Joint Committee on Taxation estimated that taxing cryptocurrency would only yield $28 billion over 10 years. In fact, the Biden administration later revised that estimate down to just $2 billion over 10 years. So again, it seems an anti-cryptocurrency narrative is being built in Congress based on questionable evidence to say the least. So, in conclusion, the good news is that the tide is already starting to turn. More and more people are taking notice of this issue. Um, On October 26, Senator Bill Haggerty spoke up during a Senate Banking Committee hearing to clarify the record. However, whether the more than 100 members of Congress that signed Senator Warren's letter will soon make similar clarifications is still to be seen. Um, So, this is. this is you know more par for the course um elizabeth warren uh, has has been a uh adamant anti crypto person and um it's really shameful uh to to jump on this uh, this bad information and then it just compounds um and then of course nobody pays attention to the retraction that the Wall street journal posts they only focus on you know, the fake news, and, and, and then it's made its way into a letter. And, of course, <clears throat> this is also glommed onto um, by FinCEN with their latest uh, uh, rulemaking, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, that's now open for public comment, um, which I commented on anonymously. I also commented on the IRS uh, rule anonymously as well. And, um, I think, uh, we have an obligation to push back on, uh, on rulemaking that, uh, impedes our, our freedom and liberty, uh, and our constitutional rights. Uh, and we certainly have to push back against fake news like this for sure. Next up uh, is the Wall Street, a little recap of the Wall Street Journal correction. So this was from Cointelegraph, posted on October 28th. Wall Street Journal corrects article misciting Hamas's crypto terrorism funding data. Wall Street Journal has partially corrected an article that mischaracterized the extent to which Hamas and other militant groups have been funding its terrorist activities with cryptocurrencies. The october 10th article titled hamas militants behind israel attack raised millions in crypto cited blockchain forensics firm elliptic and said palestinian islamic jihad a terrorist organization operating in the gaza strip raised as much as 93 million dollars between august 2021 and june 2023. in the cited report elliptic said israel's counterterrorism unit seized pij-linked wallets which received 93 million dollars over that time frame however Liptic clarified that this, this did not mean PIJ raised these funds to finance its terrorism activities. Research from blockchain forensics firm Chainalysis suggests only $450,000 of these funds were sent to a known terror-affiliated wallet. The Wall Street Journal's correction stated PIJ and Lebanese political party Hezbollah may have exchanged up to $12 million in cryptocurrency, far less than the initial $93 million figure. Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah may have exchanged up to 12 million in crypto since 2021, according to crypto research firm Elliptic. An earlier version of this article incorrectly said PIJ had sent more than 12 million in crypto to Hezbollah since 2021, The Wall Street Journal said. The publication said it updated other parts of the article to include additional context about Elliptic's research. Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah may have exchanged up to 12 million in crypto since 2021, according to crypto research firm Elliptic. An earlier version of this article incorrectly said PIJ had sent more than 12 million in crypto to Hezbollah since 2021, citing Elliptic's research. This article was also updated to include additional context about Elliptic's research. The firm's Analysis of digital currency wallets that Israeli authorities linked to PIJ found that PIJ may have used crypto to receive funds and to move funds to other terrorist groups. Elliptic said it isn't clear if all the transactions it identified directly involve PIJ because some of the wallets belong to crypto brokers that may have also served non PIJ clients. The Wall Street Journal's retraction follows an October 25th statement by Elliptic, which called on the Wall Street Journal to correct its misinterpretation of the data. Elliptic added that cryptocurrency funding by Hamas remains tiny relative to other funding sources. On October 27th, Elliptic was pleased to see the Wall Street Journal acknowledge its mistakes, but said it would have liked to see it be more specific about its corrections. Coinbase's chief legal officer, Paul Gruwall also noted that the Wall Street Journal's opening paragraph is still framed as though cryptocurrency was the primary funding source behind Hamas's October 7th attack on Israel. This is barely a correction, he added. Nick Carter, a partner at Castle Island Ventures, as well as several other prominent individuals in crypto, are now calling on United States Senator Elizabeth Warren to retract a letter backed by over 100 U.S. lawmakers written to the White House on October 17. The letter side of the Wall Street Journal misinterpreted data from Elliptic in an attempt to argue that cryptocurrency poses a, quote, national security threat to the U.S. and that Congress and the Biden administration should act swiftly before cryptocurrencies are used to finance another, quote, tragedy. And that's the article. So, uh, again, um, while they did do a retraction, they didn't really do a very good job. It sounds like, um, good luck in getting Elizabeth Warren to retract her letter. And, uh, again, um, you know, what you have is uh, the currency system failing. So the first step is close the exits. Um, Then, you know, you'll have more inflation, you'll have um, price controls, then you'll have capital controls, and then you're stuck. So um, stay humble and stack sats. The next article is from um, Bitcoin Magazine, and this is kind of an interesting um, take I thought was worth going over. Uh, this was posted on October 25th, um, and this also kind of ties in a little bit with the Hamas thing because it was cited uh, in the um, rule that's being proposed. Uh, and so this article is entitled, Why Blockchain Surveillance Needs FinCEN's Patriot Act Deploy. FinCEN's proposal to special measure regarding convertible virtual currency mixing as a class of transactions of primary money laundering concern. And there's a link in the article to that uh, piece. And I think you can also leave um, public comment now on that. And I would encourage you to do so. Uh, I used ChatGPT to help me write a a, a, um, response, which, It actually did a pretty nice job. Cited the appropriate parts of the Constitution that are being violated here. And the fact that uh, you can't just throw everybody into the same basket. There are law-abiding citizens that uh, would like to enjoy privacy. And uh, they shouldn't be cast in the same uh, way as uh, those that would do ill. Uh, But anyway, um, the link is in the article. would criminalize Bitcoin privacy tools under the suspicion of money laundering. The proposal cites Section 311 of the USA Patriot Act, which enables the bulk collection of data by intelligence agencies. If FinCEN has its way, all regulated entities will have to provide customer data for funds suspected to have interacted with mixing tools and services to federal agencies, and could go as far as including the use of the Lightning Network as a reportable act. To understand the motivation for FinCEN's proposal, we need to look at the relationship between blockchain surveillance firms, intelligence agencies, and the methods informing heuristics to track funds on-chain. Blockchain surveillance firms use a range of heuristics to track funds on-chain. Some heuristics stem from publicly available peer-reviewed research, such as the common input ownership or co-spend heuristic, in which it is assumed that all inputs to a transaction are owned by the same person. Other heuristics are less publicly known due to the proprietary nature of blockchain surveillance software. What we do know is that Chainalysis has developed thousands of other heuristics based off of an understanding of idioms of usage in the Bitcoin ecosystem, according to a research paper. There may be a thousand ways to skin a cat, but if thousands of heuristics are necessary to track funds in Bitcoin, we can assume that the processes applied are not necessarily very reliable. This lack of a scientific framework to complete blockchain surveillance tasks is highlighted by the aforementioned paper as well, citing the lack of a ground-truth dataset for address clusters. Vincent's proposal is now supposed to come to blockchain surveillance's rescue by enabling the bulk feeding of the so-called intelligence heuristic. In the intelligence heuristic, blockchain surveillance firms pair on-chain data with real-world data that is either openly available, such as sharing addresses via public communication channels, or obtained via service providers, but private information can at this point only be lawfully obtained, such as via warrants or subpoenas, which require a probable cause and constitute lengthy processes. This should currently make the intelligence heuristic a slow and costly one, compared complicated to apply in bulk. A problem FinCEN's proposal would solve by requiring alleged mixing transactions to be directly reported to the federal government, disregarding the people's right to protection from arbitrary search and seizure in favor of anti-terrorism legislation. You can't trace funds through a service because the way that services store and manage funds deposited by users inherently makes further tracing inaccurate, writes analysis: Transactions coming into services can't be connected to transactions leaving services. By attributing transactions to known entities, blockchain surveillance aims to make funds traceable on-chain. But blockchain surveillance software can't attribute what it doesn't know. Only the exchange itself knows which deposits and withdrawals are associated with specific customers. And that information is kept in the exchange's order books, which aren't visible on blockchains or in analysis tools like Reactor. Without the regulation of privacy tools under the Patriot Act and the consequential reporting of user data, a large part of its business would continue to be rooted in suspicion. The systematic inaccuracy of blockchain surveillance softwares is, too, reflected in the U.S. government's own procurement records showing that departments such as the U.S. Treasury contract not one, but at least two different blockchain surveillance firms for law enforcement purposes, namely Chainalysis Inc. and Elliptic Enterprises Limited. This is because, as illustrated in the case U.S. versus Sterling different blockchain surveillance providers historically yield different results. The unreliability of blockchain surveillance software becomes even clearer when investigating the reasoning brought forward to support vincent's proposal namely that terrorists such as gaza's hamas allegedly turned to cryptocurrency for fundraising a claim that's been excellently debunked by former u.s chamber speechwriter and director of public policy at riot platforms sam lyman highlighting that hamas's previous crypto fundraisers were in fact an absolute disaster leading to the covert funneling of funds toward the US government but facts don't stop former IRS investigator and current elliptic strat- strategic engagement lead Matthew Price from claiming that using crypto is much easier than smuggling cash over Egypt's border chain analysis disagrees in a statement issued to clarify the widespread misinformation that Hamas allegedly received millions in cryptocurrency leading up to the October 7th attacks Given blockchain technology's inherent transparency and the often public nature of terrorism financing campaigns, cryptocurrency is not an effective solution to finance terrorism at scale. But the US dollar sure is. We now have three different blockchain surveillance providers all claiming three different things. In the original article, Tel Aviv-based BitOK claims for Hamas to have received over 41 million U.S. dollars, while elliptic claims for the Palestinian Islamic Jihad to have received over 93 million U.S. dollars in crypto between 2021 and June this year, numbers which Chainalysis analysis claims are overstated. Apparently, analysts falsely identified an exchange wallet as a personal wallet. Since the majority of heuristics and clusters applied Lack of scientific basis, there's no way to know for certain whose numbers are correct. Instead, enforcement agencies must decide whose information to trust, picking and choosing which quote science fits its story best. Here, proximity to the intelligence apparatus comes in handy. In the past three years, Chainalysis has received at least $3.3 million from Incutel, the venture capital arm of the CIA, while its competitor, Elliptic, was founded out of a GCHQ accelerator. The only problem, according to Chainalysis' own data, less than one-third of funds received by mixers in 2022 were identified as illicit. The majority of funds remain perfectly lawful, while terrorist financing makes up less than a fraction of overall illicit funds identified. Terrorism financing is a very small portion of the already very small portion of cryptocurrency transaction volume that is illicit, says Chainalysis. Regulating privacy technologies under the Patriot Act therefore cannot be justified, as its only purpose is the enabling of total surveillance of otherwise law-abiding citizens via intelligence services while furthering the overreach of blockchain surveillance firms, collectively punishing the people for the actions of a few. Unfortunately for FinCEN, even with total oversight of all alleged mixing transactions, no proposal can change that a science uh, it, that is not based in on fact is fantasy. And I couldn't agree more with the conclusion here. I think this is overreach. I think uh, you are lumping everyone into the same bucket. And uh, the fact of the matter is that um, there are plenty of other sources of terrorism financing, not to mention outright provision of weapons. I mean, let's not forget Afghanistan, who has... Billions and billions of dollars of the best of our equipment. I'm sure that they can smuggle that in to uh, Gaza, uh, and um, and um, you know, the U.S. dollar is uh, is really still very much uh, used for for all of this, uh, and it's you know not traceable, especially if you're dealing in in uh, actual bills currency. So, um anyway, uh we'll have to keep an eye on this particular provision, but uh like I said earlier, you know, they're really trying hard to close the exits. Uh I think because the uh jig is almost up here uh with uh with our financial system. So could last for, you know, 10, 20 years, 30 years could could go poof in a couple of years. Um the time frame is really the only uncertainty, but but uh, what's for sure is we can't just keep borrowing more and more money every year. And as Luke Grohman says on uh blue collar Bitcoin this past week, um once you start printing money to pay the interest on your debt, it's game over. It's way more it's hyperinflation. So and we've already seen plenty of examples of that uh with lesser currencies throughout the world. So stay humble, StackSats. Uh, moving on to decrypt. Uh, this uh, article here is a little bit more on, uh, on the regulatory flavor. Uh, this was posted on October 27th. Kraken warns users, your Bitcoin trading data is headed to the IRS. Crypto exchange Kraken is set to share data on tens of thousands of its users with the Internal Revenue Service in compliance with a June court order the company has announced. Companies specifically will share information regarding cryptocurrency transactions above $20,000 made by Kraken customers between 2016 and 2020. U.S.-based users who made such transactions will have their account history sent to the IRS along with their name date of birth, tax ID, address, and contact information. All Kraken customers affected by the announcement were contacted via email on Wednesday, according to the company. A Kraken spokesperson also confirmed the development with Decrypt. Company plans to share the user information in early October, or sorry, early November. In June, a federal judge ordered Kraken to share such information with the IRS after a two-year legal battle between the privacy-minded crypto company and the federal government over data sharing. Per legal filings in that case, 42,017 Kraken accounts are set to be impacted by the ruling. While Kraken steadfastly resisted providing the IRS with the information it now must produce, the company is nonetheless framing the matter as a victory for privacy advocates and Kraken's legal battle with the IRS is one that ultimately prevented a greater incursion on users' personal data. We objected to the IRS's demands and fought the summons because it sought intrusive and unnecessary information about U.S. clients, including IP addresses, employment information, sources of wealth, net worth, and banking details, a Kraken spokesperson said in a statement shared with Decrypt. We convinced the court to reject these demands. Kraken will always stand up for the privacy of its clients as it did here. The Exchange is hardly the first crypto company to be forced to comply with the IRS's demands. American crypto exchange Coinbase was ordered by a federal judge to supply the tax collecting agency with select user data in 2018. In 2020, another federal court granted the IRS legal authority to scour the records of crypto payments company Circle for data related to similar transactions of 20,000 or more made between 2016 and 2020. And last year, the agency gained a court order to request the same information from Crypto Prime Brokerage SFOX. So uh, you should be worried about centralized exchanges. Um, that's why you probably don't want to deal with them. Um, you are going to have to buy your coins somewhere. And so that's why I like Bitcoin-only um, companies. Um, they do limit the amount of personal data they gather. Uh, they will still have to report to the IRS, um, probably, uh, eventually. Um, but if you're just buying Bitcoin and stacking it for savings, you're not going to have any taxable transactions. And if you're interested, my Substack, uh, I think it was last week or maybe the week before, I did a, an article on um, on uh, Bitcoin uh, taxation. I'll include a link in the show notes uh, this week if you're interested in it. But uh, it's still very troubling, especially if you look at the information that the IRS was uh, seeking, uh, which was way beyond what they would need in order to determine whether or not there was any type of tax taxable transaction. So it's just like phishing. So um, stay humble, stack sats, keep your coins off the exchanges in uh, cold storage. Know who you're dealing with. Um, and don't trade i mean if you trade you know you probably get wrecked anyway okay next up uh this is also from decrypt this is a little bit more detail on the article that we talked about earlier uh this was posted on october 27th gemini sues genesis for control of 1.6 billion dollars in grayscale bitcoin trust shares Gemini today sued digital asset lender Genesis over who rightfully owns 1.6 billion in grayscale Bitcoin trust shares. A Friday lawsuit filed in the U.S. Bankruptcy Court Southern District of New York shows that New York-based cryptocurrency exchange Gemini wants to regain control of the shares to pay back the clients of its EARN program. Gemini and Genesis have been at war since last year because Genesis once served as a primary lending partner to the New York exchange for the Gemini Earn product. Gemini Earn allowed customers to get returns, money on their crypto. But following the collapse of mega crypto exchange FTX and the contagion that spread across the industry last year, Genesis suspended withdrawals and Earn customers were left wondering what happened to their cash. Gemini is trying to get the money back to satisfy its clients. Today, the collateral is worth nearly $1.6 billion, an amount that would completely secure and satisfy the claims of every single earned user, the Friday filing said. There is only one problem, Genesis, Gemini wrote in a blog post about the lawsuit. Genesis is the impediment to making the Earn users whole. Genesis is seeking to take value away from earned users and funnel it to other creditor groups. Genesis is one of many companies run by Crypto Behemoth Digital Currency Group, which also controls the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust, the world's largest Bitcoin fund. Genesis Global went bankrupt in January and last month announced it would cease all operations. Earlier this month, New York Attorney General's office sued DCG, its subsidiary, Genesis Global Capital, and crypto exchange, Gemini Trust, alleging the company's defrauded customers of $1.1 billion. Gemini Trust is a crypto company founded by crypto moguls Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Cameron Winklevoss has alleged that DCG boss Barry Silbert has engaged in bad faith stall tactics to delay resolution. And uh, so... Anyway, there's more drama going on there and that earn product is was total garbage cuz basically what you were doing was you were essentially lending your bitcoin to this company and they were paying you a yield and uh now you can't get your bitcoin back. So, um that's why you don't ever do that. You just keep your bitcoin in cold storage and and if you really want to earn yield, buy some US treasuries. You know, um okay next article here is from coin telegraph uh article was posted yesterday entitled bitcoin friendly el salvador can become quote singapore of the americas van Eck advisor el salvador can follow singapore's lead and become a financial center in the americas according to Gabor Gerbox, strategy advisor of investment management firm Van Eck. I say often to portfolio managers and asset allocators that El Salvador has the potential to become the Singapore of the Americas, Gerbox explained in an October 28th X, formerly Twitter post. Similar to what Singapore achieved in the late 1990s, Gerbox expects new capital investment and immigration to be the main drivers behind el salvador's increased economic growth over the next few years his comments come in response to an october 28th post by united states broadcaster and bitcoiner max kaiser which was captioned move to hashtag el salvador the new land of the free kaiser who now lives in el salvador listed bitcoin and the US dollar's legal tender status, a cleanup of Salvadoran crime, great beaches, and great coffee is some of the main reasons the Central American country should be on everyone's radar. El Salvador's status as an emerging economy became more prominent when Najib Bukele was elected as the country's president in June 2019. El Salvador's sovereign bonds have outperformed many other emerging markets this year, Yielding an eye popping 70% return by August. It even caught the attention of JP Morgan and other large investment banks. Bukele and the El Salvador government made Bitcoin legal tender in September 2021 and rolled out a Bitcoin custodial wallet, Chivo wallet, for all Salvadorans in the same week. El Salvador is also tapping into its volcanic resources to power a Bitcoin mining operation startup, Volcano Energy which launched in June after a $1 billion investment. Kaiser serves as the company's executive chairman. Its first Bitcoin mining pool was launched following the partnership with Bitcoin miners Luxor Technology in October. El Salvador appointed Dean Moose, the author of the Bitcoin Standard, as an economic advisor to the National Bitcoin Office in May country plans to accumulate Bitcoin as a strategy to clean out its debt within the next five years. Bukele also made a bold move to eliminate all taxes on technology innovations in April, which could entice more entrepreneurs and foreign capital to move into the country. So uh, El Salvador is uh, making some good moves. Bitcoin.com. Uh, this article is dated... Uh, Let's see, it was posted two days ago, articles entitled, SEC considering 8 to 10 spot Bitcoin ETF applications, says Chair Gary Gensler. U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission Gary Gensler said Thursday that the regulator has 8 to 10 spot Bitcoin exchange traded fund applications under review. The SEC has not yet approved a spot Bitcoin ETF, even though the agency has greenlighted several ETFs linked to Bitcoin futures contracts. Regarding Bitcoin ETF decisions, the SEC chairman stated they'll come potentially to the five-member commission. I'm not going to prejudge them, but I don't have anything on timing. They all have various different filing dates. Gensler did not specify the 8 to 10 Bitcoin spot ETF applications the SEC is reviewing. However, based on public records, there are 12 Spot Bitcoin ETF applications pending review at the SEC, including Grayscale's application to convert its Bitcoin trust GBTC into a spot Bitcoin ETF. Other applicants include Kathy Woods, ARC Investment Management, BlackRock, Bitwise, Wisdom Tree, Fidelity, Van Eck, and Invesco. The securities regulator has delayed all decisions on spot Bitcoin ETFs. Eight applications have the latest possible review dates in the first quarter of next year and three have the latest review dates in the second quarter. The price of Bitcoin soared earlier this week on speculation that BlackRock, the world's largest asset manager, is close to launching its Bitcoin ETF. Moreover, the U.S. Court of Appeals in the D.C. Circuit ordered the SEC earlier this week to reconsider Grayscale Investment's spot Bitcoin ETF application. Some analysts, including those at JP Morgan, are expecting the SEC to approve multiple spot Bitcoin ETFs at once. On Wednesday, Gensler talked about cryptocurrency regulation at the 2023 Securities Enforcement Forum, stating, there's nothing about the crypto asset securities markets that suggests that investors in issues are less deserving of the protections of our securities laws. As I previously said, without prejudging any one asset, the vast majority of crypto assets likely meet the investment contract test, making them subject to the securities laws, he continued. Further, it follows that most crypto intermediaries transacting in these crypto asset securities are subject to the securities laws as well. Gensler previously stated that all crypto tokens, excluding Bitcoin, are securities. His litigation heavy approach to regulating the crypto industry has drawn much criticism. He has repeatedly claimed that crypto is a field rife with fraud, abuse, and misconduct. Well, if you're talking about FTX, he's certainly not wrong, but, you know, FTX is kind of just like a modern form of Bernie Madoff, in my opinion. And, um, uh, you know, it was a straight Ponzi, even though, uh, SPF claims that, uh, the lawyers made him do it or that his, uh, employees set him up or whatever. Um, so yeah, there probably needs to be some regulation, uh, in the shit coins, but, uh, Bitcoin should, should be able to, uh, move forward, but we'll see. Um, my guess is it's probably January, but it could happen sooner. Um, and that would be interesting cause that would again, coincide with, um, you know, the halving, uh, comes in April. So the issuance will get cut in half of new bitcoins. So that t- typically kicks off a bull cycle. And then, uh, you know, you sort of have the, um, the fed and, uh, How long can they keep withdrawing liquidity from a system that requires liquidity before something collapses and they have to jump back in and start uh, providing liquidity again, whether that's buying bonds or lowering interest rates or both. So uh, all those things look to happen early next year, so it'll be interesting to watch. Get your popcorn. And then finally this week, I wanted to cover, uh, I usually don't like to talk about price action, but this was quite a week, so I guess it's worth newsworthy enough. Um, This was from Coindesk, and this was posted on um, October 27th. Uh, Bitcoin's 14% weekly gain signals end of an era, as big tech dumps analyst says. Bitcoin's bullish momentum has spread to the broader crypto market this week, as all crypto sectors book gains, CoinDesk data showed. BTC gained over 14% in a week, recently consolidating uh, at around 33700 After it hit fresh yearly highs at 35000 but failed to break through that price level, Bitcoin's performance is roughly in line with the CoinDesk market's index, 14% advance. The strongest pocket of digital assets was the Coindesk computing sector, an index that tracks pro- protocols aiming to build and support the infrastructure of Web3 and distributed computing. CPU saw over 17% gains, driven mainly by tokens of Chainlink and Fetch.ai. shitcoins. stay away from them. Even the laggard decentralized finance and digitization sectors were up over 7% this week, highlighting the breadth of the crypto rally. Notable best-performing cryptocurrencies include notorious meme coin Pepe, with 76% advance following a token burn, LINK rallying over 44%, which benefited from the tokenization of real-world assets trend and finance-focused injective protocols, native token INJ, adding another 58% gain to its already impressive run following a token upgrade this August. And of course, these are all shit coins. I don't recommend investing in them. But if you like gambling, you know, you should gamble on sports or something. Go to the casino, play craps, Crypto's October and Big Tech's demise. What has made crypto's bullish week even more significant is the dismal performance of U.S. equities, Coinbase analysts David Duong and David Hahn noted. They pointed out that Bitcoin moved 4.3 standard deviations higher this week compared to the previous three months while the S&P 500 and NASDAQ moved Nearly two and a half to three standard deviations lower during the same time, the Coinbase report said. That massive divergence partly reflects a deteriorating macro trading environment juxtaposed against Bitcoin's positive idiosyncratic story, Dong and Han wrote. "October is certainly living up to its name, Charlie Morris, founder of investment advisory firm ByteTree said in a Friday market update. Morris noted that the tech-heavy Nasdaq's slump. Amid Bitcoin's and gold's advance signals, a shift in the investment landscape away from the ever-growing large U.S. tech giants. Big tech is expensive, and following underwhelming results this week, the sector no longer grows fast enough to justify premium prices, he said. Admittedly, they had plenty of room to reduce costs, but real growth comes from sales rather than costs. And that about wraps it up. <clears throat> um please check out this week's p- featured blog post. Uh, I do post twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays usually. Um so Saturday yesterday was entitled A Simple Explanation of the BitVM Proposal: Compute Anything on Bitcoin. So it's a little more technical, um pretty fascinating layer 2 proposal <clears throat> that initially um started a lot of controversy, um, especially on Bitcoin Twitter. Um, so I kind of read through the uh, white paper, tried to simplify it as much as possible for a non-computer science person, which I am. And uh, hey, it's interesting. You know, We'll see what happens with it. It's only a proposal and it's pretty hard to get these things passed through. But uh, it's just fascinating to me in general what's capable on layer two uh, with, uh, with Bitcoin now. I will also include a link to the article I mentioned earlier on uh, taxation of Bitcoin, uh, if you're interested in that, uh, in the show notes. And with that, uh, I'll wrap up for this week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please like and leave a comment. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. Uh, you should also check me out on Fountain. I think Fountain's doing like two times earn, earning this week. So if you normally earn like one sat per minute for your first 60, you get two and supposedly you could win or earn even more. But uh, l- listen to Fountain and earn sats while you listen. That's what I do. Uh, you can also follow my substack. Again, it's at bitcoinfortress.substack.com. And you can follow me on Noster. Uh, my NPub is included in the show notes. I'm not on any other social media. I like Noster a lot better. And with that, I will talk to you all next week. Bye-bye.